people love Mountain Dew. <laughs> like, I, it's crazy how people watch, like, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, this is my first foray into other Mountain Dew flavors other than the original or um, Flamin' Hot. Oh, so you're doing the Dew for real. But um, there's, they're, it's crazy how drinkable they are because, you know, I'm not big on high fructose corn syrup, but, um, you know, sugar is sugar. Face facts. It's, you know, your body treats it the same. Yeah. Uh, follow the science. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those Facebook moms. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, anyway, I see here test bottles of fruit quake have been produced. So, fruit quake. So it's basically Mountain Dew uh, with artificial fruitcake flavor. Oh. Oh. So just like with the snap, the gingerbread ones, I guess they're going to do a uh, fruitcake with notes of pecan. I'm assuming for the holidays as well. Yeah, but whatever, whoever's saying this is that it's a test bottle. Oh, so I'm not sure if that. it'll be promotional, but I'm up for anything. I love weird stuff, so I will definitely want to try that. I try it, but I, like it's one of those things... It looks to be like a 16 ounce, just like the the um, mountain, the flaming hot. That's the best way to sell some of those weird ones. That's what they should have done with the flaming hot to kept it that way. Cause I'm like, no one's buying it. Like when I went to Kroger last week, they had it mixed in like the stack. You know, yeah. with, they had the Baja. Um, I forgot the name of it. The mango one. Mango Jim. Mango Jim. So they had it crisscrossed with the. Um, flaming hot I'm like no nobody wants this <laughs> nobody wants this because behind me was the whole stack of Baja Baja Blast yeah and so yeah I just by the summer they've got to figure out a way to get rid of those I think they're going to look they got to count their losses and realize they're never going to do that again I feel like I should still get a case you should out of like for posterity's sake yeah like because you always see those pop up like on eBay cases from 10 years ago yeah and people like there's like a whole community of buying and selling cans like even if they're empty they just collect the cans so yeah you gotta find your market but uh this is welcome back to Silica Joe this is um after a I don't know hiatus yeah a bit of a hiatus I mean it was at a time where we we crisscrossed times of being out of town right and we we also couldn't reschedule for our, like we couldn't reschedule, which normally I'm always available for a reschedule, but I just so happen to be out of town that weekend. Yeah. So and I don't know how long this hiatus has been. I just kind of record and then post it up. Uh, I think and, it was two weeks. Yeah, or it would have been two weeks because we're recording on an off day on a right. Monday. We normally record on Thursdays, so the coming up Thursday would have been two weeks. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But, uh, uh, I'm feeling like Jeb Bush right now. I'm feeling a little low energy. Please clap. <laughs> <laughs> that will never not be funny. It's just, just you just kind of look despondent. Just like, please clap. Like it was like, wow, this is where I'm at in my campaign. Yeah, or like the the whole map. It's all yellow. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know. What? He was a harmless meme. Yeah. In that year, 2016, he was the harmless right wing meme. Right. Like, that was like that was like the height of Vine. I think he was on it for for a minute. Like, I think there there's one that I remember of him putting on a hoodie, but it was a zip up. But he put it on like a pullover. Ah yes. <laughs> and like he had the um, the gun. 
had, oh yeah, yeah. The um, he had it engraved. I forgot what it was engraved with. Probably some sort of like liberty or yeah. Well, it was like a it was a capture with a tweet, but it was like he was just a meme machine. Yeah, and I don't think he meant to be. It's kind of like how we treated Biden um, in the mid two thousand and teens. Like he was just a meme. Yeah, and like then it's like oh this meme's gonna become president, but the other meme. I was like, oh, they're the two head candidates are both memes. How this happened? And so, but one side harnessed what they admitted, meme power. Too bad Jeb couldn't get any of that. Nope. I mean, Ted Cruz gets the meme um, power, but he's just a walking weirdo. But yeah, Jeb Bush, Lowen, please clap. I just that, oh, like, would you kill baby Hitler? Hell yeah, I killed baby Hitler. Like, <laughs> it's like some Will Ferrell would have said in a yeah. movie. And he just, they got flat for that. Well, you can't go around saying to kill a baby. Like, what? <laughs> what? This is what we're this is what we're concentrating on. Like, you can't say that. I'm like, never mind, guys. I mean, it's the 2016 election, and it's a big one, and we're gonna get on Jeb Bush's case about wanting to kill baby Hitler. Okay. That that the whole debate cycle was so funny. <laughs> like in America, in other countries look at us and like, because we do that for basically 18 months. Yeah. Other countries like six weeks figure it out. Which I think is what it kind of should be, because what happens is so much thing, so many things happen. I, I guess it's a it's 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 two sided, right? Because somebody's policies can change in such a way where it's like, oh, this person is a wishy washy person, right? But at the same time, you forget that that person said something that was really outrageous. And it's like you wait, you said that. Like imagine all the wild stuff, all the wild stuff that Trump was saying. And it was like, oh, that was five crazy things ago. Like, he just kept saying things. Yeah. But if we're only allowed a window of time, a really small window of time to campaign, I think voters will be better informed that way and will be... It's probably who they will be, it's probably who they'd want to vote for. Because it's like, okay, I recently heard them say that. And it's so close to election day. They can't be wishy-washy now. Yeah. So it's like... Also, it's on top of that, the money that's burnt during the campaigning. It's tens of millions of dollars that is burnt on campaigning. And if you campaign for 18 straight months, you've burnt millions of bucks for what? Because you got candidates who are never going to win. Yeah. And they're, anyway, um, enough of that. Uh, Midterms, by the way. So, Ballotpedia, you know, you know, just not get off Boobapedia, get on Ballotpedia and look up your local candidates. Um, it's better than the one with the, the Mr. Feet, you know. Just look at <laughs> how did how did this person run? Well, they were a Democrat once, now they're Republican. How'd that happen? Ballotpedia, because <laughs> the local elections, you don't really know more. It's weird about local elections. You live in the same city and district as these people, but you don't know anything about them. But we know more about the president than we do about the local election. I say this because my congresswoman sucks. I'm not going to tell you where I live. She sucks. Anyway, Ballotpedia. <laughs> yeah, speaking of local. Um, uh, local government. Uh, so back in May of twenty of of this year, May twenty seventh, a federal judge ruled that sexually oriented businesses can stay open late in Dallas. They're after our sexually. They're after our sobs, Herb. Those SOBs. Those SOBs. Dallas. They're city of Dallas. SOBs. Uh, you know they want to shut it. They want to shut us down from six 
six to eight. Silica Gel is a sexually oriented business. Yes. They want to shut us down. Yeah, and you'll see why in a minute. Even though we record, <laughs> we record before two a.m. But yeah, yeah. they want to shut us down because you know it, it, it's two o'clock somewhere, as the song says. <laughs> uh, and so I just have this article from <clears throat> Dallas Observer. Dallas isn't giving up its fight against sexually oriented businesses just yet. This was from earlier this month, June 9th, from Jacob Vaughn. Let's see. So last month, U.S. Chief District Judge Barbara Lynn essentially told the city it doesn't, it didn't have the facts to back up the reasoning behind new hours of operations for sexually oriented businesses. But Dallas isn't backing down yet. Uh, the city, the city attorney's office, filed a notice of appeal this week. A group of sexually oriented businesses sued Dallas after it approved an ordinance that would require businesses uh, to close between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. Uh, city council members and Dallas Police Department said crime is higher around those businesses during the morning hours. The businesses are a drain on public safety resources during these time frames, the city argues. Uh, I mean, what are they doing at 2 and 6 a.m.? Like, are they extorting? You know, yeah. What the drain on what? That's a weird thing to say. It's like, yeah, I could imagine like if it was like eight and a half, eight eight p.m. to midnight. Yeah, um, that's like things are still going on. But two to six, you said it's a drain on public resources. What car accidents? Um, the only thing going on are those businesses, sexual businesses. So that's a weird cop-out. I don't understand right. that cop-out. <laughs> so weird. Uh, city officials worked on an ordinance to close the clubs down during what they were they claimed were crime-ridden hours in Dallas. Um, you know, because all crime happens at night. Yeah, like, um, uh, as the saying goes, the only thing that happens at 2 a.m., only thing open up at 2 a.m. are clubs and some legs. <laughs> uh, along the way, the businesses said... They would sue on the grounds that such an ordinance exclusively targeting them was a violation of their First Amendment rights. After the ordinance was unanimously approved, the clubs did just that. After months of hearing and consideration by Lynn, the sexually oriented businesses were told in late May that they could stay open. Lynn said the police data used to justify the ordinance was flawed. Because of this, she granted the sexually oriented businesses a temporary restraining order against enforcement of the ordinance. Um, <clears throat> let's see. And then I guess it, this is a, a an embedded tweet from A.V. Kalunga, adult entertainer. Not sure if you're familiar. I'm not, but we will today. Uh, with recent events, it's more evident now than ever that crime will happen at any time of day and in any setting. Which I think is really the point. They're just kind of making, you know, making things up. Um, yeah, it's you. You create the lie to scare like the middle-aged person who doesn't know what's going on, or the older person that doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. So you put the words "sexually oriented business" next to the word "crime," next to the words "two a two a.m." Like all those scare words, like that whole thing that goes. You know where you? It's ten. It's ten p.m. You know where your kids are. Yeah. Like if you put a late time next to the word crime, next to all those just charged words, that's all that matters, right? Because you're, it, it, with some things, it's really not about leading with the fact. It's leading with how can we get the people to feel? Yeah. If we can make them, <clears throat> excuse me, if we can make them feel like 
they're going to be unsafe if sexually oriented businesses are open late, then we win. And the people who actually work at these places or live this life, they can tell you the facts. And if, if things were unsafe, they'd be the first to say, because it's like, we don't want to work in an unsafe environment. Right. So they'd be the first to tell you they're not trying to hide anything. And that's the thing, right? It, it goes back also, it's like, these people don't know what's good for them. So they need to be told that this is not safe. They always look at, in particular, female sex workers as like the victim. Right. That they are here, they're stripping because they have to. And with most jobs... You, you already choose, do that because you have to. <laughs> yeah, like you, you do, yeah, you have to go to your office. You have to go clock in. So, but they look at sexually oriented businesses as if, oh, because they don't think, they only think about strip clubs. They don't think about the sex shops, right? Like, they don't think about the other stuff that's around it. Right. They just think about, oh, strip clubs. And they think about the, they think about all the stereotypes that goes on at a strip club. Oh, weird stuff in the parking lot. Oh, weird stuff in the bathroom. What's going on in the champagne room? Yeah, really. Chris Rock? Yeah. (laughs) No sex in the champagne room. But yeah, that I was sixth grade, something else. That still so fun. Absolutely, positively. Anyway, but yeah, they don't. It's not about like facts. Like it. It's always like, no matter if how you if you from the from the outset were like, I don't like strip clubs. Whatever it takes to shut them down. But then there's people whose livelihoods depend on them. Right. And they have the facts to back up why you're wrong. Instead of listening. You double down and say, well, because you know how people do it. It's like, well, they'll give you a reason why it should be shut down, right? And then you give them the facts. And then as they, they can't refute the facts. And then they just retort with, well, they should be shut down anyway. Yeah. They like, they'll, they'll just shut down an argument or any kind of um, opportunity for a fair back and forth. They'll just say, well, it's what I feel like. So they should be shut down because I feel like they should be. And it's like the fact that you are able to take your feelings and supersede fact based off of the influence you have or the office you hold. That's not fair. And so, yeah, I, that's all it is. I mean, we, we, we're not, we, we're not blind. We see that if you can get people to feel a way about a group of people, that's all that matters. The facts will have no chance. Um, yeah, it just sounds like they don't want to do their job. Yeah. Like, like, Oh, like, we oh wait you and me we have to do our job at two in the morning like we're, I'm already we just, gaining so much overtime yeah that. we're just standing like yeah we're we're just accustomed to standing there with um with um you know our body armor and all the belts and whistles and all that and, and all the trinkets we we you mean we you want us to go answer to a, a shooting or a scuffle we have to do our job because that that's the thing right and that's a great point you bring up. They are so accustomed to, at those hours, not doing anything. Right. That now they have to get into a new mindset of, oh, this is what you do in case this happens at this time. Because you got to train for every situation. And if you're a cop and you're working the graveyard shift, then you should know what a cop does. You should be trained to work the graveyard shift. But... That happens at all jobs, right? People pick up certain shifts because it's easy. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick up this shift because no one comes in 
on this day um, from these hours. So I'm going to pick that shift up. It's easy money. Like at a grocery store, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'll pick up that shift, that, that weird shift between like maybe 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. I'll do that one. Like, yeah, I remember when I worked at Target for the first time, there was like a lot of people. Well, I would run into the people that started the overnight shift. Like, because I worked the late shift, and I think around like maybe 8 or I think 10 p.m., like then the overnight people started to come in. And they seem to enjoy what they do because, you know, the main draw is that there's no customers, I guess. Yeah, like, I don't have to work around customers. Like, like I mean, when I say that, like, if they're if they're a stalker, they don't right. have to, like, wait until the customer's out of the aisle. They don't have to, like, worry about putbacks and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's, it's not, if, if you, you were there, right? Like, if it's not traffic there, I'm not, I don't do anything. I have to put stuff back. I don't have to manage the aisles. And so, yeah. Those cops probably pick up those hours because it's like, yeah, nothing goes on. Like, the occasional, like, drunk scuffle. But, like, it's funny how that you could simultaneously put, you can do hero worship with cops, right? And then also, you know, they, they, they kind of guilt you into being sympathetic because they don't, they don't want to do their job. Simply, they don't want to do their job. Not put their life in danger, which is what you sign up for when you become a cop. Right. But the mere fact that the, the moment you can treat them like a hero and then also be sympathetic because their job is hard as if they are Superman and they were cursed with the powers like you don't have to do this so it's funny how they're even allowed to say we not even that our job's gonna be harder we don't even want to work it's like <laughs> what are you doing like we'll just we'll just tell the the sexually oriented businesses to keep some children in there maybe they'll they won't they won't walk in yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, like <laughs> they put some children in there, and then they will wait like several hours to walk in. Yeah, it's like are the book. Um, I saw this tweet that went viral. This one weirdo named Jake Shields Eight JJ. That's his Twitter handle, and he was like, "How come we can't have regular? Why do we need to have drag queens and not regular people like cops and firemen read to kids?" And then somebody retorted, "It's like, well, yeah, we sent kids. We went. We sent cops to read to those kids, but they stayed outside for an hour." Um, before checking the door was locked it's like <laughs> it's it, it's it's so funny those cops in Uvalde had the that was the moment all of that like I'm gonna be Rambo and save the day that was the moment to do it they didn't do it it was there for them to be like this could have turned the tide on some people on how they viewed cops yeah in a positive light after Uvalde, I don't see how at that point you view cops in the set exact same way. When you and now they're gonna they're they're like, oh, we got our own private investigation team now. Like they got basically they lawyered the cops lawyered up. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you guys are hiding something. <laughs> I've never seen cops the Sandy Hook cops didn't lawyer up. Like, what are you doing? Or Newtown. Yeah. So People are saying those cops may have killed a kid. Like they, it, there's a, at least one. Why are you hiding the body cam footage? They don't even show that. Yeah, they're gonna because we're gonna see that happened. Here's how you know you're gonna see something awful because it happened in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. The cop pulled over this one guy who was, I think he was drunk driving, but he'd been sitting in his car and he was drinking. Yeah, at a park, and body cam was on. Officer Tensing, I'm not gonna forget your name, bitch. Officer T-N-S-I-N-G. Officer Tensing 
freaked out basically because I think the guy's bottle um, made a scary sound. Oh, he, I think it reached under and he didn't oh, okay. reach for it. And so the cop freaked out and shot the guy in the head. And they were like, oh, yeah, we can't show this footage. Before they released, like, yeah, we can't show it. It's awful. Because they knew it. It's like, yeah. yeah. They could have lied and said, we don't have it. It's like, nah, we got it and it's bad. And so I saw it on, I saw it censored. Couldn't dare yeah. to watch it on. I mean, they, the whole screen was basically blurred at that point. Yeah. And so what happened was, cop shot the guy and the car went because the guy's dead weight fucking hit the gas pedal. Yeah. And so the guy, the cop is on his walkie-talkie saying, we got a suspect on the go. It's like, no, he's dead, dummy. The dead weight is hitting the pedal, idiot. Yeah. So that's how you know that that body cam footage got in Uvalde got something bad. Because if they had gone out of their way to keep it hidden, because they could always lie and say it was malfunction. Yeah. They hadn't said it, so they, they know that they're beyond that point. Because no, too many people know that body cam footage is out there. Right. Because you've seen it. Oh, at the traffic stop between this. But there is some... They did, I think they said 18 minutes of some body cam footage was not seen of, of part of that ordeal. It's like, yeah. that's a weird... 18 minutes? Like, that's weird. I think those body cams, they like... I'm not sure how it works, but like, if you like turn it on or off it will always record like the the time before you turn it on like 30 seconds or oh it's like a, it's like booting up or whatever right. i think and they and they know that they, they and they were they were told that too they were told hey plus some plausible deniability like if you stuff. try to turn it off it's going to keep recording i think a few seconds after so be be on a, be careful when you you know try to beat the system but yeah it's it's just so weird now like People are still going to play that whole game of like, it's not easy being a cop. It's like, well, no one asked you to be one. Huh? Like, I, I just, the fact that we, that's the only group of people that we do that with. We treat them like heroes, and then we treat them like, oh, poor cops. They, 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 they put their life on the line. No, they, they obviously don't. Now, now we know. <laughs> now we know the cops don't put their life on the line. Now we know. Now we, we saw it in, January 6th they let them in yeah they let them in like the guy was filming it and the guy was like oh they reached the cops so they go that's it like, oh they just let them in like the guy filming it couldn't believe it he was like oh they just let them in cause there was like no resistance they just opened the gate and then on top of that tell me how this preachers of the choir I know I'm preachers of the choir the same people who are blue eyes matter same people who's like, oh, the cops, um, the cops did not let them in. Yeah. And then you learn, during the testimonies, there was, you know, parts where there was blood everywhere because people, like cops were getting beat up. Right. But you saw the cops that were there, that were like, yeah, my life was in danger. Fox News thought it'd be cool to laugh at those cops. Like they got on air to laugh at those cops. Really? Like those cops, oh, they're putting on a show. Oh, look at those tears, fake tears. I was like, wait a minute. You got mad at everybody else for disrespecting cops, but you're getting on your television show? This was way before the hearings. It was just right. like the cops' test testimony. These cops were like talking about like, yeah, they thought they were going to die. And these same people who was like respect the police were laughing on air about the oh, police. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, so you just admitted that the cops are your weapon. Because you're picking and choosing when to like a cop. Right. So that cop was in the way of something that you wanted. So that cop 
could be ridiculed. That cop got in the way of your little insurrection. Yeah. So now that cop could be ridiculed. Oh, but the cops that let those guys in, oh, well, they let them in because of the public building. But if they were just let in, there was no need for them to break windows. There was no need for them to set fires yeah. or steal stuff. So if they were just let in and they were just tourists, you're a tourist. They tell you, leave the place better than how you found it. Found it. Yeah. They tell you that every time. That's what they tell tourists. You don't live here. Treat it with respect. You can say it's your tax dollars. That's cool. But that's the same reason you can't go to a state park and spray paint on a rock. You can't do that. That it's a state park. You can visit it, but you can't damage it. It's not your house. We all have a part in this. But anyway, it just going back. The, I bring all that up. It's because like how the right wing have weaponized, literally weaponized cops. Yeah. How we're made to respect them. We gotta be told to you know treat them right. They 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 don't have an easy job. But the moment their job gets the absolute hardest, they get ridiculed. The ones that <laughs> the ones that thought their lives were in complete, they thought they were gonna die. Yeah. Those are the cops that we were told that that's what all cops do, put their life in danger. The ones that put their lives in danger got laughed at. Who like who plays this game with these people? I don't who keeps playing this game with these people? It, like stop letting them wag the narrative of like and I hope like the January 6th hearings and Uvalde people really see when people say defund the police that money 40% of Uvalde's city budget went to the cops. Yeah. 40%. There's a picture of the Uvalde SWAT team. What do they have to show for it? 40% of the budget goes to the cops that did nothing? That's when they say defund the police. Take that money out from the SWAT team. Yeah. Give it to schools. The same schools you said were not well secured. Hey, maybe if you gave the schools the budget to secure themselves as opposed to outsourcing it to the cops that are not going to get there in time, or when they get there, they stand there and piss themselves, that's what they mean when they say defund. Somehow they let that turn into abolish, Yeah. which I'm not against. Um, but the defund part, you would think more normies would get it. Like, hey, that just means give the money back to where they think the problem is right for them to say mental health was the issue why the kids shot the school up but then like we learned like not too long beforehand abbott took away uh, funding for uh, mental health it's like you how do you do this like it just it's that it's that close together in the timeline there's no deniability you can't deny what you did right you can't say mental health was the issue and then we just you we just learned that you took away money from mental health programs in the state and it's like it's just funny how we treat the cops are just so funny. Other countries laugh at us like, how do you do this with cops? Like, how was this a thing? Like, how are cops treated? Like, it's, you know, preachers of the choir. I know I'm preaching the choir. They're another arm of the military. It's all it is. Yeah. They're just made to keep things, property safe. Those curfews two years ago, around this time two years ago, it was to keep property. Irving had curfews. Louisville had curfews. Like, all these small towns had curfews. Yeah. What? Like, for what? Like, it's to keep the strip mall safe. That's all. Because <laughs> what What else? If somebody wants to go break the windows at the Steinmark, they're going to do it anyway. But who's yeah. going to go out of their way to do that? That's not the point. The point was, hey, people, hey, going back to your point about the sexual-oriented businesses and who, the, who that language is for. Right. Hey, older people, there's a curfew, so you're, you're, you're safe. 
That's all that is. It's 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 not it's not to address a threat. It's to speak to people. It's using the, that language to speak to them. Yeah. We're gonna use authoritative language to speak to the people that that have the money, that have the influence. So you're safe because we spoke, and they know that they knew what they were doing. They know that that wasn't to stop any riots or any protests. Yeah. It was to speak to the people who felt like they're all they do is watch the news and they see fires everywhere. And they see a map with all these dots where all these protests are happening like, and they get freaking scared. Yeah, that dot's near where I live. Exactly. <laughs> that, that dot. I think I see my house on that dot. And then you speak the language of, hey, we got curfews. You're safe. That's all it is. It's to speak the language that to make people feel safe. But it is never really to do the thing that the language says. It's never really to do it. It was a curfew by words only. Like, I didn't, I didn't go up there. Would the cops really going to patrol that place for all night? No. I go get gas. And they see who get out of the car. They're not going to stop that car. Yeah. Oh, it's some couple that got, some white couple got off a date at the TGI Fridays. Whatever. But had I jumped out the car, oh, so what do you... Hey, Mr. Antifa haircut. What are you doing here? <laughs> uh, anyway, I can go on and on about that shit. I mean, I, I just don't think we should defund the police to, and give the money to schools because they're just going to groom our children with gay Marxism. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to... They're going to teach our kids how to... They're going to teach our young boys how to put on makeup. Yeah. And then... Then I, my, my son's going to come home. My son's going to come home. And he's going to look at his dad. He's going to be say, He's going to call me hunty. <laughs> I know my son's gonna come home. He's gonna look at me. He's gonna say, "You better work." <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, "Son, where did you learn that language?" And he's gonna be like, "Some weird old lady named Ava Devore came to his school, and she was tall and pretty, and read him a book." And I gotta explain <laughs> to my church group on a Wednesday why my son has a sassy walk. And I can't do that. I can't can't explain to his sister why her brother's pretty. I can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. Don't know how. I can't believe they're gonna take the money from our brave law enforcement and give it to the gay librarians. I can't believe it. Make America gay I mean great again, okay? Anyway. Uh let's see. That was a reenactment. It's not personal history. But um uh... Let's see. So back back to the article. So Avi Kalunga, 25, has worked as an entertainer at XTC Cabaret in Dallas since 2018. The, the legal back and forth between the city and the businesses has left Kalunga uh, feeling in limbo. Uh, she thinks the industry is under attack. She hopes the legal saga ends in the business's favor, but she's not waiting to see if that will happen before securing another source of income. Uh, like city council members told others in the industry to do uh, before approving the new hours, uh, Kalunga is looking for new work. Uh, with my back and forth, uh, it's, po it's better for my anxiety to accept the worst possible outcome and prepare for it, Kalunga said. She is turning to bar management and bartending, the next best option, according to her. Uh, working at sexually oriented businesses, though, has allowed Kalunga to make a living and have a life with her daughter. At XTC, uh, she could work three nights a week and spend the rest of her days with her child, who is just over a year old. Uh, the city's ordinance won't prevent crime, she said. It will just make things harder 
for people in the industry. Uh, with recent events, it's even more evident now than ever that crime will happen at any time of day uh, and in any settings. Um, she cited recent parties uh, and other events in Dallas that have ended in fatal gunfire. Uh, there should be proof right there that crime is always going to exist, whether it is at a uh, sexually oriented business, business or at a family barbecue, she said. To her, sexually oriented businesses are being used as a scapegoat for larger problems. Tell um, us all this time. Yep. Uh, I truly believe uh, that pushing this agenda that these types of businesses are responsible for crime rates is a scapegoat for lawmakers, allowing them to not face the fact that there are bigger problems out there than cutting a business's hours short by three hours, Kalunga said. Those three hours will not make a single difference for crime, but certainly will for us workers who depend on those three hours to earn a living. And that's the end of the article. So Yeah, it's like, 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 that, like here's the thing. You've seen it, and they say that we need bathroom bills, right, to keep trans people from molesting our kids. Yeah. But these are the same people who will tell you that gun laws won't do anything to prevent gun violence. So you're telling me somehow this set of laws will magically stop the thing that you think is a threat. Yeah. But won't stop the thing that it can actually stop. Like the the percentage of trans people who are doing anything sexually towards kids is so minute it doesn't even register. Right. And so but you're telling me we need to go out of our way to enact these laws that affect nobody. But yet the gun laws People are going to get a hold of the guns regardless. It's like, no one's denying that. Yeah. Like, you can't, like, for them to be able to control that narrative and say that when people say we need gun laws, it's not, we're not taking away guns. People want background checks. Like, everyone wants background checks. Yeah. It was like, if you're a responsible gun owner, why are you afraid of a background check? Like, what are you hiding? So that's why everyone's for it because even gun owners, like, yeah, background checks. I don't see the problem. Yeah. And so... Like like Abby said, it's yeah they're using sexual oriented business as the scapegoat because it happens crime happens whenever it wants so you can't say that well if we start with policing how or when sexual oriented business can be open that will curtail crime somehow as if like that is the catalyst for all for the crime and then once we stop that then the crime will stop trickling down. Like that's what they're making it sound like. It yeah. makes no like as if crime is a trickle down. Like some crime is, some crime beget other crimes, right? You get it, right? Yeah. Like you rob a bank, you're gonna commit a lot of crimes on the way to robbing that bank. But like if it's a shooting somewhere, like that's just too. That's part of a dispute between two people. Yeah. Or you know, it's more. It's rarer that it's somebody there to shoot up the place just because. Right. It's probably somebody who has. It's probably security who armed. That had a dispute with the unruly um, client, but yeah, it you know it. She lives it and she knows it. She's felt this. Like yeah, this is this is them scapegoating our industry because it's almost because they can. Because right. it's like what they they know they know that there won't be a significant difference in crime because what they do they always point to the numbers right like oh crime went down or crime went up right. Yeah. But which crimes? Jaywalking, you know, petty theft where, you know, people stealing candy bars at the store. Yeah. What kind of theft? Or is it like auto, like Grand Theft Auto? Or is it like 
white collar crimes that that you're cherry picking on how crime gets registered because traffic you know traffic laws most of them are fucking stupid um, unjust like they, they don't need to most of them don't need to exist like most traffic laws are to prey on people who don't live in those cities yeah and so so when they say crime is up or down just always know they're cherry picking which crimes get factored in that percentage in order to use that number to campaign on or to scare citizens with and so yeah you can say it's the whole cor- correlation and causation right how's it go correlation is not equal causation yeah where it's like because sexually oriented businesses are open crime's up uh, but a, a shooting can happen anywhere yeah so it's like the correlation of this just just so happens that the sexually oriented businesses are open at 2 in the morning where did that crime happen yeah like where did it happen not when did it happen where did it happen how close was it to the, the strip club how close was it to the sex shop? So yeah, it's um, it it, it, it at, at, at a time it it takes more people who are more in tune with people who work in that industry to get to the ear of the politicians. Because what happens is there's some of the politicians who are not curious. They're not going to look up exactly how this affects people. Because when they did that with the strip clubs, they said you can you eighteen. You, you can't be 18 anymore. Oh, yeah, 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 Like, that... That hurt a lot of people. Like, instantly, that, like... They did it in the hype epidemic. It was like... Not the hype, but the start. Right. It was like, yeah, that's it. Like, people paying their way through college, that whole... It's not a stereotype. It's real. They no longer could. Now they go find something else. It's not to say that... It's always the ones that are like... If you don't like the job, find a new job. Okay, I found the job I like. Well, you can't do that one. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, you told me to go, if I go do what I want to do. If I don't want to go work, they always like the joke like that. If you don't want to go work at a bar, then you can go strip. Like, okay, I will. Oh, no, well, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think you would actually do that. Um, <laughs> that was just a joke, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it's, again, they scapegoat it as if the, they take the very, very small percent, percentage of, I'm surprised throughout that whole article yeah. they didn't bring up the word sex trafficking. Shocked. Shocked they didn't get away with that one. Because that's the whole reason why they they they're um barring 18, 20 year olds from stripping. They oh, bring really? up sex trafficking. Oh, okay, okay. And I'm shocked they didn't bring it up in that article. Um because that is a tactic they use to go after sexual oriented businesses. They go after oh well, you know, it's no coincidence every time there's a Super Bowl. They always bring up sex trafficking. Now, it happens. It happened in in Atlanta, in fact. They got some people who were busted in Atlanta. And some people, like some internet people got busted. Yeah. It was a sting. And... For what? uh, During the Super Bowl, it was a sex trafficking sting. Uh I think somebody may have had, like... It was a group... I don't know how it may have... I I don't know exactly how it all got together. Yeah. But it was like they knew that... You know, it was a prostitution sting, basically. And because, you know, we think sex trafficking, we think underage. But right. no, it's people against their will. But yeah, they use sex trafficking. And so when you combine the words teen, because 18, 19, with sex trafficking, your mind, if you're if you're not in the know, your mind instantly goes to the worst scenario. Some young kid got sex trafficked to dance on stage and pimped out by some weirdo dude. Yeah. 
And, you know, it's the same how they, reason why they go after porn. In porn, they got this thing called suitcase pimps, where these pimps basically bring prostitutes to porn sets to do, okay. to get work. But they're not a boyfriend, girlfriend, they're not husband, wife. It's basically that guy's pimping that girl out. So, but that's not common, but it happens. So they always go after the, the, the thing that occurs the very least, because it's the, of course, the thing that happens the least is the scariest. Yeah. Like, how rare are plane crashes? They're scary, but they're rare. Right. How, like, like the you think about it, head-on collisions are rare, but they're scary because they're the deadliest. Right. So you take the scariest thing and you make it palpable. Those businesses are open at 2 in the morning and gun crime goes up and some might even be in your city. But you live a half of... We live across the city. Hence, red light districts. They're there for a reason, red light districts. Yeah. They cordon off certain parts of the city for you to have those businesses. So that puts a hole in the logic of the cops right there, right? If, if you know... Let's say that you're right. That all the crime happens at these sexually oriented businesses. Well, you know exactly where they are. It's district. It's right there. So therefore, the cops, you should, you should, there's cops that are, they're beat cops that have their places, yeah. their stations. You know where you're going to be. So why is it an issue? That right. is your spot. You know that this is a red light district. You, if, you, if you're saying that crime always happens here, then have cops there. The, they make it seem like there's so much crime that it's, we're funneling all the all the cops to that one spot. It like, <laughs> makes no sense. Yeah. Why do you think that there's? Why do you think there's stations? They think we're do, uh, they, do, do they not know that we know how there's there's precincts, there's fire stations. There's not one fire department, and there's not a fire department with one station. Yeah. In the city. And like all of a sudden, like they got to go halfway across the town to go put this fire out. No, they're stationed because they need to be near where the action is. Yeah, they need to be strategically oriented near. They they're not too far away from anything. Yeah. So it's so it. You see how they talk out of both sides of their mouth in order to scare people, but if you really parse the language, you know it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It just like Abby broke down. It doesn't make any sense. Shootouts happen when the crime happens. And you're making it seem like so much crime happens, all the cops, all the resources go to that one spot. It's like, but if you know that crime happens here, have more cops there. If it if it's truly as dangerous as you think it is, why make it your job easier? That's not I'm not allowed. You worked retail. We were never allowed to make our job easier. Right. We weren't allowed to, yeah, we'll put the we'll do the we'll stock tomorrow. No, because it's gonna be busy tomorrow can't stock and help customers you're not allowed to i'm never allowed to make my job easier but cops are they're allowed to be like nah we don't do that <laughs> nah it don't work for me boss yeah. all the cops are hulk hogan now not gonna work for me brother not gonna do the job uh speaking of pimping i saw recently that episode of king of the hill where he god was... that was funny <laughs> that was a standout episode yeah you know who the voice was right yeah Snoop Dogg I can't believe Snoop Dogg was the voice of a white pimp yeah white guy god that was the funniest ever he said Peggy's my hoe something like that I yeah, know yeah. He... <laughs> this is my hoe yeah <laughs> like there was the car chase in the alley yeah yeah like it, that was a that was a funny episode man cause he was from Oklahoma City I think yeah yeah Oklahoma City god <laughs> 
That man, that there's a handful of episodes of King of the Hill that are just like great television. That episode was so funny. Oh man, because he had the the zebra. He borrowed the. It borrowed his dad's caddy. Yeah, <laughs> he had the the zebra. The, the, it was zebra on the brim of the hat. Yeah, or, yeah. I remember like on like yeah. That episode was great. That's my <laughs> the Peggy's feet episode. That was a funny episode. The boggle episode. Let's wake up early. Let's get to Dallas before the gangs wake up. Um, because it was a lawnmower. It was a lawnmower convention. In a boggle tournament in the same yeah. hotel. And uh, that's when Dale Gribble was doing virtuality lawnmower, which I just got the metaphor. It was lawnmower, man, basically. And Dale Gribble's a conspiracy theorist. And I just caught that. Anyway, enough of that. <laughs> but no, uh, the King of the Episode, that, that's a. I remember that the episode aired that was, um, it was when it was new. I remember yeah. that was the big deal. Snoop Dogg, like, hey, he's a white guy? Because was he trying to get after Luann or something? Like, uh, no, the, there was like a. A new girl working at Strickland Propane that Mr. Strickland hired. And then he was just pimping her <laughs> on his route. Because <laughs> it's Strickland and Thatherton. Yeah. That's the one across the street. Thatherton. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, that was a classic episode. 